All right, so you listen for that, and you give me the answer on the way out of service today. Uh, but, uh, so, so here we are. Uh, we just saw an awesome baptism. We saw, uh, we, we read that account of transfiguration. Maybe just a, an open-ended question here. If you could witness anything from the Bible, any story, anything, what would you want to see? Anybody want to offer? Marcus. You'd like to see Noah in the ark, all right? You know, you can go to a place in, in uh, Kentucky that is, they built a replica ark. It's really cool. If anybody ever gets a chance to go there, it's, it's well worth it. Um, all right, so Noah in the ark. Anybody else? You'd like to see Moses get the Ten Commandments. Anything else? I'll take one more. Kathleen. All right, just Jesus preaching. Very neat. I think there's tons of things uh, that we would love to have been there uh, to see that. I, I would say one of the top three or five, maybe, on my list would be what we're talking about today. Uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, to see Jesus with his glowing face. Uh, to, to see Moses and Elijah standing there with him. To hear, to listen in <clears throat> on that conversation. Uh, to see the cloud to hear the booming voice, uh, this is my son. I, you know, I, I, I understand why, why Peter would have said, hey, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Just like it's good to be here. And, and there's lots of reasons why, why we would maybe say it is good to be here today. Uh, I think if you're part of the of Carson's family, you say, obviously, it's good to be here today. It's good to be here today and, and see uh, our, our, your little loved one made a child of God through the waters of baptism. It's, it's good to be here today when, when it's maybe a beautiful Easter day, and God willing, seven weeks we'll be celebrating Easter outside, and it's going to be a beautiful weather, and you're going to be celebrating the victory of Jesus over death. You're going to say, it's good to be here. What do you always say? Oh, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be here today for Carson. But what about that day that he screams throughout the entire service? And you think everybody's looking at you, even though they're not. But you're going to think they're all looking at you. <coughs> or what are you going to do when two years from now, he escapes your arms and he runs up here and tries to do a pull-up? I've seen that done. I've seen kids pull, do pull-ups on baptismal fonts. And this one's not super steady, so he might knock it over. Will you say, oh, yeah, it was good to be here? Well, maybe it'd be nice to say, oh, it'd be good to be here when it's a beautiful sunny day on Easter, God willing. But is it always a good day? Do you always say, yeah, it's good to be here when, when you had to drive through the snow or you had to scrape off your car to get, you, get here? You know, as you... As you pull into church, do you always say, oh, good morning, Lord? Or are you one of those people that say, oh, good Lord, it's morning? <laughs> Let's face it, it's not always so easy for us to say it's good to be here. Sometimes it's, we sit down in these chairs with more guilt than good. 
Sometimes maybe it feels more routine than feeling refreshed. Uh, yeah, sometimes, like I said, it's, it's good is, is not always the, the adjective uh, that we would use. And I wonder if the same thing could be said about the Old Testament worshipers. I, I wonder if we've been painting just a little bit rosier picture uh, than reality. For these last seven weeks, if you're just joining us, these, these last seven weeks, we've been traveling with people from like the city of Nazareth where Jesus grew up. And we've been going with them to their church. And, and maybe we get this glorified thing that everybody was, was just raring to go. But it's a 30-hour 30 30 trek by foot. I don't know if you would have woken up and said, oh, can't wait to go to church today or this week. They've always said it's good to be here. I, I mentioned in, in the, in the uh, I thought a lot about this this last week. I, I made two round trips to the Midwest in the last nine days. And it was, it was really awesome. It was good stuff. Presented at a Men of His Word conference. Uh, I represented Light of the Valleys preaching at a congregation for their mission festival. I represented us in, in leading a Bible study presentation. I went to a, a Christian leadership uh, Dinner, I guess, or recognition of some Christian leaders. I went to, uh, I, I preached chapel at one of our, our schools up there, our Luther Preparatory School. I preached chapel on Thursday. I went to two days worth of ministry meetings that, that talk about decisions that are being ha happening across the world as far as the gospel. All good stuff. But to drive there would have been about 29 and a half hours, according to Google about this same amount. I was happy. I mean, I was frustrated enough just to fly yesterday, to fly back here. Uh, I don't know if I would have been so excited. Oh, yeah, it's good to be here if I would have had to drive. And, and I think that's, you know, not to, to put the worst construction on these worshipers, but to put a reality. Were they always so excited to go to the temple three times a year for these awesome festivals? Or was it like, ah, we got to go again? And yet they went. Perhaps at times driven by guilt. Perhaps at times driven by tradition. Driven by peer pressure, maybe. Maybe driven by parent pressure. You're going. But they went. And what they talked about on that 30-hour trip, I don't know. If you've ever taken a trip cross-country in a car, you know you have plenty of opportunities to talk with your family. And, and you have some very interesting conversations. Uh, we don't necessarily know what they talked about. What they sang, though, we do talk. We do know. And that's what we've been looking at. For those of you, again, who are visiting us or, or guests, uh, we've been looking over the last seven weeks at, at what you look at the title of Psalm 120 to 134. Every one of those psalms has at the top a song of ascents, a song that they would have sung on their way to worship. And, and it maybe starts off, you look at the very first lyric of the first song of that grouping, it maybe lets us know that maybe they weren't so excited to always go. It says, I call on the Lord in my distress. And maybe that's how you came today. 
Maybe you were driven here today, maybe because of distress of what you see going on in the world, Ukraine, Russia, whatever it is. Or maybe you were driven today because of something, some distress going on in your heart, in your life. And yet, you came. And as you go through these psalms, this grouping of psalms, you just see a progression in their attitude. You know, they, I call on the Lord in my distress, and then you get a few, few songs later, and their playlist totally changes tunes. And they say, hey, I, I, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Which is still help. But then all of a sudden, the very next one is, I rejoiced. <laughs> I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So about two, three songs into this playlist, they are really, this is awesome, this is great, this is exciting. And then they get there, and in Psalm 133, the second last song of this grouping, they say, how good, how good it is for us all to be here. How good it is uh, to, to renew acquaintances or to make new acquaintances. And you could say the same thing, you know, how good it is to be here with Carson, or how good it is to be here, sorry, my voice is squeaking, uh, how good it is to be here with Emily, or how good it is to be here with you, Doug, or how good, it, you know, we could name, that's what they're saying. This is so awesome to see all of you here today. And, and they give a whole bunch of illustrations of what it's like. Maybe the one that we can resonate with is it's like, it's like dew ha falling down on a desert mountain. I mean, we do, would love uh, to see moisture come, and that's what they are saying. This is, this is so awesome that you almost don't want it to be ending. It's similar to what Peter said. It's good. It's good for us to be here. Let's just camp out here. But then what happens? The priest gives the final blessing, and it's time to go. Now, what do you say? How do you say goodbye to these people that you haven't seen for months? <coughs> How do you say goodbye to uh, this priest who maybe took that sacrificial lamb that you brought and he poured its blood onto an altar and he said, I am, yes, I am assuring you that, that you are forgiven and that there is going to be someone whose blood is going to cover your sins. You're so appreciative of that message. And now you have to say goodbye to him at the gate. What do you say? Good morning, good morning, good morning. See you in four months, maybe, if your turn's up. They don't want to be shallow as they say goodbye. And yet we don't have to guess at what they say goodbye. That's what Psalm 134 is. The last song of ascent says this. They say, so this is the worshipers speaking to the worship leaders. They say, now bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord who stand in the Lord's house at night, lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. You know, that, that word bless is such a rich, deep word that I don't know if we can ever really come to grips with what it all means. We, we throw it around, someone sneezes, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. But what does it mean? You know, to give us a little flavor, I think you go back to Genesis chapter 1, where God created Adam and Eve. The very first verb that is used in interaction between God and his people is God created Adam and Eve and God blessed them. 
And, and when, we, when we see what he then tells them directly, can, can maybe shed some light on what we mean when we say bless. So God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky. Increase and rule. That was God's wish for his people when he said he blessed them. May you increase and may you rule. Now you put that into context of what Psalm 134 is, what the worshipers are, are telling, to telling their people, to telling their worship leaders. Bless the Lord. And, and yet maybe that still doesn't make sense because we're saying, well, I understand if the Lord blesses me, but how can I bless the Lord? What am I telling the Lord to increase? What am I telling the Lord to rule? Or if you tell me on the way out of church today, bless the Lord, if you say it to me right now, am I okay? What am I supposed to do? You know, usually we think about the blessing is that last thing I say at the end of a service where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you. Now, if you're telling me to bless the Lord, what should I say? Um, okay, God, uh, usually I say, may your face shine on us and it's Transfiguration Day. But hey, guess what? My face is shining on you. Bless you. What, what is that doing? But if you, if you look at what Genesis 1 is saying, increase and reign and rule, that's really what you're asking for your workers here. You're saying, may, may the Lord increase in your life. May the Lord get bigger and bigger and bigger in your, in your life, in your work. May he reign more and more and more in your heart. In other words, don't just let your work be work. May it not just be a profession, but may it be a, something that's personal. What a beautiful thing. These worshipers were, were wishing for their workers, for their priests, and so on. And, and to not take that for granted. I mean, it's not saying... Don't carry out your duties. I mean, if you look here, it says, hey, stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands. Do what we're asking you to do. Don't let it become mundane. Don't just check the boxes, okay? Worship plan's done. Check. Outreach event. Check. Um, you know, hospital visit. Check. That's so easy to do. I, I just spent three weeks trying to figure out ministry plans, and it's okay, you know, you fill out forms this much, and it's like, check, 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 check. Um, you don't want just that. What a beautiful thing. That you want your workers, you want people who, who serve the Lord to, to continue. May the Lord grow in their eyes. And don't just pray that. I mean, selfishly, I'm asking for that right now. Pray that for missionaries in Reno, but pray that for, for missionaries in Russia. Uh, I said I was at these meetings. Part of the discussion was we have, we have a missionary in Russia. What do you do now? All of a sudden, banks are frozen. You can't pay him with U.S. dollars. Um, all of a sudden, he's quite, I mean, it's a big island of Russia, but all of a sudden, you know, how do we, he's probably thinking about his safety. He's thinking about uh, how are things happening? Do I stay here? Do we, do we rescue him out? Um, and yet he's got a flock there that he's got to take care of. There's all these things that can, that can get in the way of the way that we think and, and what we worry about in ministry. And we think about our homes and our families and, and all this stuff, which is important stuff. 
but it can also become a distracting stop. What a beautiful thing. Pray for that missionary. Bless the Lord. May he increase in your eyes. May he get bigger and bigger and bigger in your eyes. May, may he rule, may he reign more and more and more in your heart. And yet notice what's also neat here is that these people aren't just, worsh- aren't just wishing this for the priest who, who gave them the blessing and then said amen. It, it says, now bless the Lord, all you servants. Not just the guy who delivered the sermon that day, but this is for the person who, who trimmed the candles at night and, and kept everything burning. This is for the person who, who cleaned up the altar uh, after everybody left and, and who, locked the, well, they didn't, who locked the gate at night and, and who stood guard. And, and, and so that's another thing to pray about, you know, that, that anybody who serves here, I mean, just an hour before service, what's happening? So, so we could say, hey, uh, you know, Mike and Emily, as, as, you, as you serve the Lord with music, may, may it not just become music, playing on a keyboard or playing on a guitar, but, but may as you serve, may the Lord become bigger and bigger and bigger in your life or or Jim, as you make coffee and as you set up chairs and as you fold bulletins and as you do everything that, that he does as an usher on a Sunday morning, Jim, may, may, it, may, may the Lord become bigger and bigger and bigger in your life and not just a task. Or as, as, as people, as, as Doug was up here setting communion or as Jamie or as Marie set up communion, may it not just be uh, you know, putting out wafers, but as you serve, may the, may the Lord become bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. That, that ministry isn't just about carrying out tasks. It's about having a, a growing relationship with Jesus. That, what a beautiful thing uh, that they're praying for, for the people who do the work. And, and, and it's not just the people who, who does the work. It's not just the, the people who are on staff here. It's not just the people who clicks a mouse. It's, it's, it's all of you. Just by being here today, you are serving the Lord. This is really a prayer for you. When you bring your kids, you're serving the Lord. You're doing what we just talked about in baptism, teaching. When you, when you give a ride to someone, when you sit here and sing your praises, when you sit here and people see you modeling prayer, you're serving the Lord. And so really, by echoing these worshipers, you're praying for yourself. May the Lord get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. May he reign more and more and more in your heart. That's a beautiful prayer. And what's, how's the Lord going to answer that prayer? That's what this psalm goes on to say. So the worshipers say these things to everybody who's serving, and then, then look at that last verse, and it says, and may the Lord the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. From Zion was a nickname for the church. In other words, as as you bless the Lord, you're going to be blessed by the Lord. We see that in so many other areas of life. We even have Proverbs about it, right? Better to give than to receive. If any of you have ever volunteered somewhere, you say, oh, you get so much more out of it than what maybe you brought into it. That's how, that's how it works here too. 
as, as you say, bless the Lord as he becomes more and more and more and more a part of your life, the way it actually works is that you get blessed by him. And what's really interesting about this, this section here is you don't necessarily see it in English because English is a dumb language. It's one of the hardest languages to learn. Things don't make sense. Uh, but, but you, you know, unless we're in Texas and you have y'all, uh, which is the way we should talk because you is, is it singular or is it plural? In that, in that first section when it says, uh, bless the Lord, all you servants, that's plural. Say, hey, you all do this. But that last line, may the Lord maker of heaven and earth bless you from Zion, that's singular. As you all work on this together, personally, you benefit. That it's not just a, oh, our church or our congregation or our, our community is blessed. But you, you are blessed. As you bless the church, as you bless the Lord, you are blessed by the church. As you bless the Lord, you are blessed. As you bless the Lord, you are blessed by the Lord. And to know that he makes a difference in us as an individual. That, that too is comforting. And, and it is that that we are reminded of every week by how we end our service. This has been happening for 3,500 years. 3,500 years ago, God told his priests, I want you to put my name on my people, just like he does in baptism. But he says, I want you to bless people, and it's singular. And that's why we, for 3,500 years, we've been ending the service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. And we always say amen to that. And I thought about that verse, though, especially about today. What did I say was one of the things that, oh, I wish I could have been there for? No, it sure would have been cool to be at Transfiguration and see Jesus' face shining. What happens in every blessing? May the Lord make his face shine on you. You don't have to be at the Mount of Transfiguration in the middle of the East. Have to be here. And you hear the same thing. You see the same thing. The Lord's face is shining on you today. No matter who you are, personally, how the Lord's face is shining on you. So, yes, we can, each and every one of us, say, It is good. It is good to be here. Why don't we stand and we'll confess our faith uh, to